I wasn't trying to cut off what you were saying by saying like, hey, are you ready to record? But sometimes I feel like I, I laugh at the things we're saying and we're not recording. And I was like, let's, let's it get was in good. There. It let's was great banter. I know. We, we had it going. We're just so authentic. We are very authentic. We're if there's the one cuff. thing that can be said about us, it's that we're authentic and we will never sell out. Ooh, I have a little headache. Ah, Nuprin. <laughs> Take two of these. So I'm on a laptop so, instead of my old iMac, which is gone. It's gone forever. It's gone forever? Did you gone sell forever. it? Gone forever. Yeah. Oh, Did I you blow it up? It in. Oh. I Should've poured paint it all over it like Brett. <laughs> Did uh, he do that in real life? Yeah, he took a TV, poured paint all over it. You know, there's there's starving children that could use a TV. Or paint. Or paint. Yes, <laughs> yes. Kids can paint eat doesn't paint. contain lead anymore. You can eat it. I mean, the yeah, kids are eating Tide Pods. Paint chips are really, really high in, I don't know, vitamins? Nutrients. I mean, yeah. especially if you live under power lines. That's <laughs> exactly right. Um, however, because of the laptop, my camera is significantly lower on my desk than it was on my iMac. And oh, yeah. so my microphone is like blocking my face for you. And I've, I just, I'm just sorry. It's okay. I mean, I'm used to you looking up is upon this... me and I look down on you. That's how the screens would go. So oh, now you're right. The power struggle true. is different. We're oh, going to be fighting. Yield to <laughs> me, sir. <laughs> I do like this setup, though. It's you look like Darth Vader almost. Like you know when he removes just the top half of his helmet and then he still has the bottom like the jawline over no. the mandible. No. I've really only seen I I've seen most of the Star Wars movies one time. And Are I was, you not a product say, of the 80s, Sean? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, yes and no. This blows my mind. You've seen Rad a thousand times, but you've only seen Star Wars just the once. But as put yourself in my shoes, as a young boy, yeah, if I'll, I could I'll choose between idolizing somebody who can do a backflip on a bike, <laughs> or somebody who's going to shoot lasers at like a fat alien thing, yeah, well, you don't have to body realistic. shame the alien. It's not Chet over here. I'm not body shaming. I'm just saying it's not even. <laughs> It, it's not. It's not about them as a person and their body. It's not about Jabba's yeah. life choices. <laughs> it's just about his speed. Like I want. If if I were to do an alien fight, I'm gonna want something agile. I'm gonna. You're wanna, right. I'm gonna want an but, adventure. Sean, hear me out. Hear me out. Imagine putting some Crisco oil all over Jabba's, you know, flabby body. Yeah. And then rolling him on like an ice rink. Imagine that speed. Or not You'd even an ice cream. Let's cross that over to that. Uh, I think it's in Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yes, that is a James Bond movie. Is that when they're cruising down the side of the mountain and he's in like the cello case? <laughs> it's like a ski slope okay. and he's in a cello case just scoring down <sighs> the mountain. I can't but, tell you which one that is, but I think that Bond girl just passed away. Well, that's a strange, dark, tangential detail. Yeah, I know. In. I'm so. I think it was. Uh, what's her name? Man, I can't remember her name. She was in that '70s show, and she played Midge, and she was also in the Beastmaster. 
Ultimate Beastmaster on Netflix? No, just the Beastmaster. Have you watched Ultimate Beastmaster? Yes, on I Netflix? have. Are you, Sean? How dare you ask me that question? <laughs> There's so much TV you haven't watched, and you've watched but Ultimate Beast, Beastmaster. The Ultimate Beastmaster? That's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. No, it's not. You're thinking of Titan Games. Oh, you're Ultimate right. Ultimate Beastmaster is Terry Crews. No, that's something else. Ultimate Beastmaster is Rocky Balboa. Yeah. It's Sylvester Stallone. Stallone, but yeah, he made right. like a cameo in the intro of episode one of the first season, and then he's just an executive producer. He's not ever on screen again. <sighs> that um, dude's such a turd. But uh, what is it? CMX Punk, or yeah, the CM wrestler, Punk? the wrestler. Yeah. Him and uh, Tiki Barber. Who's that? Uh, he's an American football player. Tiki Barber. Tiki Barber. He could be either someone who works at a bar or someone who cuts hair. Either way, there's an Islandic flair. If, nice. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Tiki Barber could be a Tiki Bar version of Bill Burr. Or it could be a Tiki Bar where they keep it really, really cold. Burr. I yeah. said Burr. It's cold in here. Must be some kind of change in the atmosphere. I say burn. I think that's butchered. I don't think if I, I, I don't know if I did that right, but that's from that cheerleading movie with Kirsten Dunst. I think when I start recording some stock music, I'm just going to sample that. <laughs> that's, that's I really want good. royalties. This will be your obviously, highest selling. Obviously, yes, you're going to get royalties. Yeah. Sean, I'm, I am not going to argue with, with you about this because I'm a very strict businessman. I want one percent. There's no negotiations. David, I'm not going to go below 1.2 percent, and that's final. I'll meet you at 0.9 percent, and that's it. That's done. <laughs> that's done. 1.4. <laughs> You're playing um, hardball! There are two things of equal importance that we need to address before we get into this book. Yes, of course. Number one, we typically record these podcasts during my son's nap time. Yes, and but... I I wear these headphones. Oh, you and... only have one. What's that? There's only one. Well, the other one's, oh, the other one's tucked, tucked behind, behind ear. my ear, and that's what we're talking. That's where you're about. going after. Okay, yeah, I'll let you continue then. So I've been told that when we record this podcast, I yell and I'm very <laughs> loud, and I don't think I am. I I just don't feel like as I I listen, even as I listen to the episodes, I'm like I'm not yelling. I'm just talking. Yeah. And, like you yell, like I, can, I yell for sure. Yeah, you're a if loud If you check the waveforms, I'm yelling and you're speaking. Yeah, if it weren't for the limiter, we'd have yeah. real big problems from your audio. <laughs> um, but I think it's because when I put on when I put on the headphones, I sort of disappear into the world. Into the world, yeah. And yeah. I can't hear myself as well because my audio isn't going through my headphones. And so I, I guess I get, I get louder. And so I thought, hey, maybe I'd dial it back a little bit. Yeah. And see if that is better for my household, if I'm not yelling so much. I got to say, Sean, out of all the complaints, I think what we get the most is that one host yells too much. And I'm like, yes, I know. Sean is consistently yeah, yelling <laughs> about nonsense. It, he is so nonsensical. It makes no sense. But Sean, can you speak up a little bit? Because I'm having difficulties hearing you. What's that? And that echo is clearly from you and all your yelling. 
That's and that true. is just that is a thing. That's true. I can't argue that. But see, I'm I'm now concerned that I'm going to swing too hard in the opposite direction, and I feel like even now as I talk, like I am somewhat subdued. I, like yes, I, I, I agree. Feel like I'm holding. Does that feel low energy? To oh you? yeah, yeah. It feels oh, low energy, crap. but to be honest, it's a little soothing. You know. Well, I mean, we did a guided meditation, so one of the greatest bits of all time. It's not a bit; it's a lifestyle. Thank you, Sean. I needed to You're hear welcome. that. Namaste. <laughs> You're so progressive. Um, the other thing, I mean, elephant in the room. Uh, we're I making this. Weight. I know. We're making this happy podcast uh, for both of our listeners. Um, meanwhile, our country is tearing itself uh, apart and literally burning in some cases. Um, and there's a lot of, of unrest. And I, I just thought we'd be disingenuous to, mm. to be ignorant of that. I, I just wanted to, to recognize it, maybe, maybe put it out there for you. You're, you're, you're a smart man. Is there anything, anything on your heart that you'd want to share? Or are we just moving on? There's no right there's, or wrong answer. Everyone's it, allowed to process this Oh, yeah. This oh, yeah. A lot of anger, Sean. A lot of anger. I just want to go to a White Castle... Get myself some beautiful little burgers with those crystallized little onions, and then burn it down. Come burn on, Pookie. We're going to burn this mother down. See, no, I, you don't get you it. Just, don't get the you reference. You just took me on a ride there because my first uh, roller coaster went up because yeah. I was like, David likes White Castle? David loves White Castle. Oh, my God. Yes, dude. Are we getting White Castle? Yes. Let's end dude. right now. Oh my god. Let's gosh. go. You I and have, me, bud. I have such a limited number of friends who either it's a Venn diagram. You have to like I guess not a Venn diagram, but it's a you have to like White Castle and then in that there has to be a subset of admitting you like White Castle <laughs> and being willing to eat it from your other people. I, I've had a thing. Jesse and I have never had White Castle together, um, and I what? do not eat. Well, the reason I haven't had White Castle in quite a long time is that I do not eat White Castle historically when Jesse is in town because of what it has the potential to do to one's they body. They don't call them rectum rockets for no for no reason, buddy. Exactly, and that's an element that I don't that I'm not necessarily eager to introduce into our relationship. Yeah. And so that said, typically when she goes out of town, the first night that she's gone, I go and get White Castle. And that way it has <laughs> time to process, to work through. Yeah. And when you she gets back. You get the weekend back, to let it, you know, go down. Yeah. Out of the bowels. I, I feel like there's some men who, like, you know, have some torrid affair and they need, you know, a, a couple days to, like, clean the house or, you know, rid rid the house of the scent of her perfume and... Really, yeah. I'm trying <laughs> trying to hide the <laughs> biological ramifications of White Castle. I can see that. You finally get it all out of you. You have poopery. You spray it in the toilet. You've got air fresheners going around the clock. And then when all is said and done, just like in The Exorcist, you just say, this house is clean. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. Yeah. That's a good vision. That is definitely a good vision. But that's... I'm not going to have White Castle until Jesse travels, and Jesse can't travel until it is safe to do so. 
So what you're saying is we need to solve this whole coronavirus thing so you and can have White Castle. So I can so priority. So Jesse can leave so that my body can process White Castle. This is this is what needs to happen, Americans. Are you listening? I think people don't understand the sacrifice that's being made right now. I have to the, agree with you, the Sean. The pain and the torment. Are you a mozzarella stick man? So I will eat a mozzarella stick. I have nothing against them. It's not that I dislike them, but for me, breaks my heart. It's a matter of real estate. Okay, body real estate. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's just a big piece of arguably the most boring of cheeses. It's there with provolone and Swiss, as far as just sort of being a. I like two of the three that you just named. Which one don't you like? Guess. Swiss. You nailed it. Yeah, because yeah. Swiss sucks. Uh, but yeah, like mozzarella, I just feel like a cheddar, uh, cheddar cheese curd available at um, Blueberry Hill. They do. I have never even had this. Didn't know it was a thing. Yeah, it's it's instead of a stick, it's a ball. Yeah. It's a little, it's the exact same thing, like fried only on the inside. It's a piece of cheddar cheese. And that's so much better. Cheddar is better to me. <laughs> I don't know if cheddar is better than fresh mozz. On See, the but rocks. it's not fresh. What do you mean it's not fresh? No cheese is fresh. But, well, fresh and mozzarella is... is a thing. Buffalo mozzarella. You can, like, buy buffalo mozzarella that has a shelf life of, like, one week. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know. When I was in New York, anytime I went to a pizza place, they were always like, let me get that fresh mozz. Yeah, and typically they'll, like, pull it in. It's not like a shredded mozzarella. It's, like, they pull pieces of it and lay it all across oh. there. Oh, so every time I was saying that, I wasn't getting the normal Mott's pizza. I was getting an honest-to-God fresh Mott's pizza. Yeah, which they call buffalo mozzarella, but it buffalo. has nothing to do with the animal. Does it have to do with the area? Uh, perhaps. That oh, could okay. be just like the wings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, those don't come off of buffaloes? They do, but in Buffalo, New York. Yeah, they get the Red Bull buffaloes, right? And they cut mm -hmm. off their wings and... And then feed us. Red Bull gives you wings that you cut off of the bowl. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. And that yeah. you eat at Buffalo Wild. Yeah. <laughs> which is... Right. Because it's just called Buffalo Wild, but the building happens to have wings in which you enter. So you go into the Buffalo Wild's wings. Well, the original doesn't even have walls. You're literally just in the wild. You like walk through a gate and that's where they got the name. Wasn't it just out west? It was like a, an out west wing. Well, they had a house, so they had like a field in Buffalo, but then out west, um, they had like just a it was a like a, a house sort of like it, I guess it wasn't like they didn't have like a foundation. They'd use like big wooden sticks, like stakes. Right. They had built this house out of stakes. Um, that was like it was out back behind um, where the wild was. Oh, I I can't top that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know how many people have this luxury, but there's a timer on my screen that's just counting. Oh, I like uh, that. Yeah, be because of of this, uh, because of stream. Wait, are you here. saying there's a timer counting down, or there's the stream that lets us know how long we've been rambling? It's just a, a total running time since I pushed record here in Streamyard. Yes, yes. But it just makes me like I notice it, and I'm like. Like that whole bit there, I'm like, I started that when it said 1434. 
And when I was done, it said, it said 1541. It's real easy to see how much time I spent on that. Yeah. Hey, I got to tell you uh, one other thing that happened before we get into the book. Um, unfortunately, due to the, the pandemic, oh, and before we move on, I just want to say, I know the country's hurting, and I have found true solace and, and peace in some of the podcasts that I listen to. And it hmm. occurred to me that like some of these things are so stupid. Like Jake and Amir's podcast is just dumb. I get that. And they probably know that. And there is this like internal dialogue that I think we have as creators a little bit. And I think you can sort of roll your eyes at yourself to say like, well, I need to make content. Otherwise the terrorists win. Um, but to a point it's true. And it's, it's not that, what we're making is profound, but to a person or two, the sense of normalcy, a sense of routine, I appreciate it from the people that I follow and, and yeah. the things that I do. Um, and while I'm not even assuming that we are we are that for anyone, I do think it's important for us to to keep this just in case there's somebody who, when they turn on this podcast, if they get that little that that little release of of stress um, that. What is an allopathic response? Is that, is Ooh, that a thing? I don't know. I have not heard that. Uh, I hadn't either. And someone used it with me uh, yesterday. And, Interesting. Uh, and I had to Google it. Allostatic. Allostatic. Allostatic load, not allopathic. Yeah. Um, but so if, if we can play some small part in reducing someone's pain or stress for even a few minutes, then David, I got to do that, man. I agree with you. There's a, a great book called uh, Man's Search for Meaning. It's uh, about a man in the Holocaust, and essentially the, the whole theme is they took everything away from them, but the one thing they couldn't take was their sense of humor, you know, their smile, their laugh, what gets them through the day. And I like to think that that's what we are. We are the smile and the laughs that can help people get away from the craziness. Oh, thank God. I, were about to say, I thought you were going to say, that's what we are. We are the Holocaust. <laughs> Of podcasting, <laughs> and David, that crosses. No, the line I for was me. not gonna say that. All right, that's chutzpah. I I did not say that. Well, <laughs> um, so the the last thing I was gonna say was that um, due to the pandemic, I'm I'm unable to go to my hunting club, which I really miss. Um, I joined a hunting club about two years ago. Is this um, where you just play big buck hunter on an arcade machine? No, no, it's it's like it's like hunters with gun. I love guns. Oh god, <laughs> love guns and like shooting and like watching an animal die. Love it. But so when I had first joined, because I was sort of unsure about joining a hunting, uh, hunting lodge. <laughs> <laughs> but Keep I, it but going. I did it. I did it. And you uh, did it. And the people, David, are so nice. And I, I sort of, I guess I went in with the stigma of like, you know, these old guys have been in this hunting club where they shoot animals for a long time. They're going to like, oh, who's this, you know, wussy podcaster coming in, doesn't even own a gun yet. Um, who, who is this guy? Um, but to my surprise, one of the most welcoming groups of people. And I, I particularly, my, my very first night, I was just hanging out at the lodge. Um, and there were some, uh, some of the oldest members, some of these old guys just sitting around the fire telling stories. And uh, I was I was able to talk to Ben Ableton, um, who's in his late 90s, um, 
and this guy's one of the founding members of the lodge. He's been in the lodge since like the forties, like just a stand-up guy. Um, and Ben's telling me he actually got to go to uh, Kenya and do some big game hunting um, once, which I think is so cool to shoot majestic animals that are like on the endangered species list. It's like just a breathtaking experience. Oh um, yeah. But, and so I was asking him like, you know what it's like and, so he was telling me, you know, we're sitting around the fire. Just, it was such a cool moment. And Ben, he's old. Uh, I think it's his, his best hunting days are behind him. Um, and he's in, a, he's in a wheelchair. He's got his oxygen tank. He's not in the best of health. But, um, but he's, still, he's still happy. Like you said, you can't take somebody's humor from him. Um, yeah. and, and, and Ben still has that. So we're sitting there, and, and Ben's telling the story. They've been out. They're, they're in Kenya. They're hunting elephants. Um, and they haven't seen one. It's been six days and they've been tracking and tracking. They haven't seen one and they're just about to call it. Um, and it's the last day and they're sitting there in these bushes waiting for someone looking out in this field. And Ben says, you know, he goes, I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there in this field. I'm, I'm sitting there at the edge of these bushes and I'm looking out and I'm in my binoculars and I'm looking out, you know, a mile down. I, th- I think I see some movement. Well, then all of a sudden, Right next to me, the bushes part, and the biggest elephant I've ever seen just burst through the bushes, and it goes. <laughs> well, I, I just crapped my pants, and I was like, Ben, man, I don't, I, I don't blame you if like you didn't even hear it coming, like that's that's unbelievable. I, I definitely would have soiled myself because I wouldn't even be focused on that. Like I, I, that's that's crazy. He goes, Oh no no no. Just now, when I said roar. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that Sean Hartley told a poop joke. (laughs) This is the greatest moment of my life. Thank you. Thank you. So when we last left them, <laughs> and that wasn't a joke, David. That was from my good friend Ben Ableton uh, at my hunting lodge, um, which is just a collection of, of people who like shooting things with guns, <laughs> like me. See, Hunter. earlier you said the Hunter's Lodge, and I thought this joke was going to go somewhere like everyone in the lodge is named Hunter, but no one actually hunts. You know what? Again, I don't appreciate you <laughs> taking... <laughs> My experiences, my hobbies, and calling them jokes, David. Uh, the parable, the parable, not me, the joke. I me apologize. and my friends who yes. enjoy watching the life leave the eyes of a being, a being that has you know, it, It's not about watching their life leave them. It's about watching their essence enter you, okay, because you become that animal. You know, I— I, I am Joe. I don't like guns. I don't like hunt. I didn't join a hunting lodge. Um, but I would think if you're going to shoot an animal, that it would be more fun to strangle it. Like really feel like, like, like if you're going to shoot a rabbit, like I feel like if, if you're going to say, hey, I want to shoot a rabbit, you should be willing to be like, no, I'm going to catch this rabbit alive and just just choke it. Just watch it die in my hands. Oh, I mean, it's the same no. thing. It's the same thing. Oh, oh, it's just no. a matter of degree, it's, my it's friend. It's way worse. Like when I was a child, when I was a child, when I was a baby boy, <laughs> Mr. Sean, 
I had to go duck hunting with my brother, my dad, and my uncle. And I think I was like 12 years old, and we're out, and I forget where we're at. But anyways, we started off with quail. That was whatever. And then we get on to ducks, and I love ducks. They're beautiful. They're beautiful yeah. creatures. I love the hell out Are of you them. you more of a mallard man or more of a loon oh, guy? Oh, I am a big mallard man. Okay. Big mallard man. Love the colors on the mallards, especially a little bit of that green. You know, it's Ooh. like a metallic green <laughs> that, that riddles <laughs> through their feds. Little plumage. I... <sighs> shoot one in the air and it falls down and it doesn't die right so my uncle's like we have to put it out of its misery quick but they also think like well maybe we're gonna mount this because it's david's first duck so in order to kill it he takes out his knife and hits it on the head it's this immediate death kills it breaks its neck and everything and they're like all right david now we're gonna take a picture with you and the duck and i was like i i don't i don't want that and they're like well we're just gonna take a photo and I was just like, well, this is my dad and my uncle. They do a lot for me. I'll make them happy. So I hold up the duck, and its neck is broken. And the whole time I'm holding it, I feel its broken bones in my hand, and I can hear it just going. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just swaying back and forth. I'm just like, take the photo! Take the photo! And it was. I've never had a more unsettling experience i was very upset it bothers me to this day <laughs> so remember a little bit ago when really i was disturbing. like it's important that we keep this podcast going to give people relief yeah to give yeah. people just an escape from, yeah. from the horrors <laughs> that await them uh when the episode's over well uh ain't much better in here kid <laughs> welcome to the jungle boys and girls Thank you. And whatever. 2021. I know. Yeah, I quickly... I, I have the problem of saying, what's up, guys, no matter who's in the room. I also like dudes, and I don't know where dudes stands. See, I always say... I don't say, what's up, guys. I say, Merry Christmas, guys. <laughs> because no one's taking that from me, David. Yeah, no one's going to take me either. What we need to do, steal back Christmas. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a good Trump voice here but that's what I'm i was going for i'm staging a raid of the north pole <laughs> and we're taking back christmas that is a good idea for a movie i uh, just that needs to be said that is a, we're, we're getting alec baldwin because he'll do it he'll do anything yeah and yeah. billy baldwin and billy of course yeah that's a hands down gotta get billy and you know what we might even call stephen baldwin Maybe he can bring back his character from Biodome or Half-Baked. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I was, trying to, I was trying to quickly think of, uh, of a bald twin to also include. Uh, That's but good. But I couldn't do it. Danny DeVito. Oh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. There's twins. There's twins right there. We got our bald twins. <laughs> we did it. Hey, when we last left the Which boys, there, I, I'm sorry. There's oh, also no. what, there's a Baldwin named Danny Baldwin. So we have Danny Baldwin and then Danny Bald Twin. I wonder when if we, we could last find left the boys. <laughs> a, a Daniel Win, like in the Thai spelling, ooh, ooh, or the Vietnamese ooh. spelling of like the the N G U Y N. Yeah. Uh, whose whose nickname is Bald. So we'd have Daniel Baldwin. There we go. Um, we will Google that. <laughs> that people are dying to know. When we last left them, 
the boys were uh well they had gotten a phone call um from old uh old Mr. Kane at the Northport dock who found out Fritz Stark's address, Ben Stark's brother. Um, and it turns out it's from uh, Worldwide Radio Distributors in Yokohama. Uh, over in Yokohama Japan. Radio, so over in Japan. So, um, <laughs> so with that, the boys took a break. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Welcome back. Uh, so that brings us to chapter, chapter 16. 16. Skeleton, Skeleton symbol. symbol. Which I love this title name. I don't know why, but I immediately loved it. And then I realized, oh, wait, skeleton symbol. If this has to do with a skeleton costume in a window, I'm going to be really mad. And it does. And you are? And I am. I'm okay. pretty frustrated with it. I think that's the dumbest thing that is in this book. And there's a lot of dumb things. I had forgotten because, like, they had gone to Mr. Um, Mr. French's costume shop and seen the gorilla and the magician costume. Yeah. And I had just in my head sort of checked that box of like, well, that was that illustration in the beginning, but it wasn't. Because in the illustration, it's the skeleton it was the costume, skeleton. not That's right. the gorilla and the magician. So yeah. um, I sort of went into this like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And I wish I could have. Well, I mean, I did, but I was mad when I read the uh... – title yeah this is this is a great chapter though i do there is some fantastic things in I do this, love chapter. this chapter um well let's get into it uh so they're still on the phone frank's still on the phone with mr kane mr kane said frank in a puzzled tone may i have the address on the letter so after jotting down the information frank thanked him and said his goodbyes and he told joe just the San Francisco Hotel. But the sender was the distributor for radios in Yokohama. Which, just the San, San Francisco Hotel, made me think of uh, the movie Chinatown, where he's like, it's just Chinatown. So I was like, he was thinking like, well, it's just the San Francisco Hotel. <laughs> it's not the water in this movie. It's the radios. Sutton it's like had the, the Fast and the Furious radio. plot here. What's that? Sorry. I was... It's like a Fast and the Furious plot. Like, the first Fast and the Furious is all about stealing DVD players. This one is all about stealing radios, like really cheap knockoff radios. Well, these are really that, expensive radios. Well, Yokohama's so are nice. Time. But, I mean, right now I could probably get a Yokohama radio for a tree fitty. Well, that's the thing. Like, in Fast and the Furious, no one even buys DVDs anymore. Or no, no one buys DVD players anymore. People yeah. buy DVDs. But oh, yeah, the people true. who buy you DVDs still buy radios. DVD You're right. The longevity of radios is way longer than DVDs. So but maybe no they were on something. a new radio. You just still have your old radio. I think so most phones have an FM receiver built into them. Most phones do? I believe like the iPhone has. I think an... you're right. Because one time I figured out how to listen to uh, the radio in Germany. and Because uh, I was... I was learning Polish, so I was like, well, I want to listen to, you know, people speaking Polish. So I found uh, a website where you can listen to Polish radio. Well, that's not what I'm talking about at all. That's not what you're talking about. You're talking about actual yeah, it's, receiving it's like radio waves? that can access a, a stream, like yeah. an actual, like, where if you move it around, it'll be like, like, pick up a local radio station. I think these have a tuner built in. Like a them. CB radio? Uh, an FM radio. Yeah. 
Whoa. A Yokohama radio. Built so right our in. phones are filled with Yokohama radios. I like that. that. Um, so on hearing the, the, the word Yokohama, Joe exclaims, Sutton had a Yokohama radio. And we saw him talking to Ben Stark that day in Shantytown. The radio seems to be a real connection between them, which I thought had been a lot more clever if he said, the radio seems to be a real frequency between them. Eh? Because it's, yeah, it's frequently good. brought up and you got frequencies. Yeah. No, I like it. Yeah, oh, but you don't love it. You it's heard whatever. about the two antennas that got married, right? Hold on. I can figure this out. I can figure this out. You remember how you were talking about you were watching the clock earlier? Yeah. I'm doing that too. I'm watching <laughs> it now. The two antennas that get... Where was this? Restart the joke. I forgot what I was thinking. Did you hear about the two antennas that got married? <laughs> yeah. They split up. <laughs> no. No, it was a it was a horrible wedding. Absolutely horrible ceremony. But the reception was great. Oh, nice. I should have got that. Uh, um, so I think we'd better go back to the hi-fi shop and find out more about the identity of the Yokohama Super X purchasers. So then hard cuts to them immediately eating breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> I have underlined. It says, after eating breakfast, the boys hurried off. <laughs> um, and I thought, this- you don't have to even say that anymore. Like, if you say... The boys hurried off. We would assume that that was after a hearty meal. Yes. Uh, yes, definitely a hearty meal. Now, a Sean, hearty meal. You, as I hope to God you are, I'm guessing you're a fan of 80s action movies like Commando. Uh, I am not well-versed, but I am a fan. So if the Hardy Boys were a movie like that, you always have your gearing up scene where things are picking up and you know Arnold is about to take out everyone. Yeah. You know, you see him strapping up the guns, loading utility belts. He's covered in baby oil. A Hardy's Boy book does the same thing where, you know, they're just getting their magnifying glasses. They're getting pumped up. They're doing all this stuff. And then it just cuts to them sitting, eating lunch. And it yeah, just kills me as a reader. I feel like Edgar Wright um, with his montages like in Hot yeah. Fuzz um, – only instead of just like, you know, the gun coming out, bullets going in, you'd see like bacon going into the pan and like the yeah. oven door opening and a chicken going in and like yeah. eggs being cracked. And <laughs> like you'd see this real intense montage of like a, yeah. a really, really expansive breakfast. A fork stabbing into meat, knife cutting. Yeah. Yeah. We could do this. We should make this montage. It's, it's something that, that is in the works. So the boys eat and then they hurry off. They go to their motorcycles and head to the hi-fi shop. And when they enter the store, a young clerk was glad to see them. Uh, not the young clerk. They've, they've been here before. Oh, they've been to right. this radio yeah. shop before. That's right. Uh, uh, change your mind, fellas? He asked, hopefully. <laughs> like to buy one of those sets? And they said, we would like to look at them, Frank replied. Which I wrote, that's like the worst thing a retail employee can hear. Like, yeah. oh, no, I'm not interested in buying them, but I would like to take your time. I would like you to get the products out. I'd like <laughs> to examine them. I'd like to play with them. I'd like to experience them, and then I'd like to leave without I giving you I just want anything. to play with it. I don't see what the problem is. 
It's like a we should go story. to a radio like, shack and see if they have walkie-talkies just so we can play with them. Yeah. We just tell them <laughs> we want to check like to how far the, the, front of the, the throw store. is. Ha. One of the one of us would like to play with them in the front of the store. One of us would like to play with them in the back of the store. <laughs> and you have exits both in front and back? Uh, yes, sir, we do. Uh, so we would like to look at them, and immediately the clerk bustled off and returned with four of the compact little radios. Go oh, ahead, yeah. he invited. Try them. Um, this was in the 1960s when everyone was nice, and everyone had tons of free time for lollygaggers and loitering. Yeah. <laughs> So Joe flicks on the button to one set. The young man said, these are neat. As I told you the other day, we buy them from a distributor in Japan. In response to Frank's query about where he had purchased them, the clerk gave the customers names all familiar to the Hardys. That confused me. Why? Did it confuse you that the retail clerk would give up all the information about everyone who's bought one of the radios? Because yes. Yes! Wait, no, no, no. That doesn't happen. You can't just be like, oh, here's a list of everyone that bought them, children. Here you go, kids. Have these. I feel like that's happened, though, at set. Like, anytime they go to a place, like, I feel like they've gone to the bank and been like, hey, have you seen anyone? Like, well, here's all the people with accounts, their numbers, <laughs> yeah. and the balances. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Or they did that with the paper company um, for Elkton. They were looking yeah. at, at who had the. the the old the, right. the paper they were using for the ransom notes at the old mill and yeah. it's like well here are all the people who are customers of us that use this paper it's just so stu- i gotta tell you i have done that once though i went to a bank i did a job for a guy and he wrote me a check and i went to cash the check at the bank and it bounced and my friend was the teller he was someone i went to high school with your friend and teller I- my friend Teller, who's the bank teller. And I looked at Miles and I said, Teller, um, I asked him, I said, Did you I know get you can't so do caught this. up in that Miles Teller joke that you lost your train of thought a little bit? I d- yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw the, the slight smirk. No, I saw it. <laughs> Absolutely, I saw it. You don't have Anyways. a microphone obscuring your face. <laughs> I asked him, I said, is there any way you can check the man's account and see how much he actually has in his bank account? Because the guy who wrote the check banked at the same bank. And he said, I can get fired doing this, but I'll do it for you. And he checked and he just goes, not even close. Not even close (laughs) to the amount he owes you. Uh, This is a fraudulent check. So I had to take the man to court. But that's fun. It was a lot of hoops. Well, not a lot of hoops, but if I didn't know him personally, I would never have found out. And that's just to see if he had the money in the account for my check to clear. So, like, yeah. I, it wasn't like, hey, give me a name of everyone that's cashed a check today. I'm just saying, I want to bring a little realism into these, these so 19. We'll, we'll call this, this radio clip books. We'll call this radio clip, huh? We'll, we'll call the radio clerk Teller. Um, I like that. Because if anyone asks, he's going to tell her. <laughs> <laughs> You're proud of that one. Yeah, you are. Yeah, That's good. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so, okay, we're back in it. We're back in it. So, so I, I think uh, we, need to, we need to start moving along here. Um, yeah, but, we got to chug through this. We got a while. Uh, but he says, uh, you know, three of these radios came in yesterday afternoon. I could give you boys a good price since we bought them at a big discount. How come, Frank asked. Well, we didn't buy them from the distributor, the clerk admitted. These were brought in by a fellow who wanted to sell them at a secondhand price, even though they're brand new. 
My boss snapped up all three. He knows a bargain. And I was thinking like, well, that's also probably illegal, right? No, 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 no. I see, Frank nodded. No questions asked? Oh, it's not anything illegal, said the criminal. Are you pausing for me? Yeah. Yeah, right before this. So I see, no questions asked. No questions asked has a period after it. It's not, you said no questions asked. Like he was asking uh, Teller if, if he had asked questions. But the way it reads to me is Frank seems okay with this whole, like Frank doesn't <laughs> seem to notice that this is suspicious. He's just like, uh, I see, no questions asked. Like, Frank, this would be a great time to ask a question, sir. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even catch that. So then the clerk says, oh, it's not anything illegal. They were brought in by a respectable businessman, Mr. French, who owns the costume store down the street. (gasps) Mr. French. French, 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 French. French. (laughs) The boy is echoed in amazement. (laughs) Yes, what's so strange about that? I love this response. (laughs) <laughs> oh, nothing, I guess. You just reminded us that we must see Mr. French ourselves right away. I the totally radios forgot. will have to wait. Yeah, I totally so forgot about this side thing of that. this call that their dad didn't tell them about. And like this whole like, oh, yeah, remember, we have to see Mr. French, who's clearly hooked up with these criminals and he's doing these messages in his windows and all this crazy stuff that's going on. Oh, the real case. But also for them to tell – for this guy to be like, Mr. French, why is, is something strange? And them to be like, no, we just need to leave right now and go see him. But nothing is strange. You just <laughs> reminded us that we have to see him right now. Come on, Joe. We'll deal with the radios later. This is normal. We're normal. We're normal teenagers. Now let's We're go find like Mr. French. Else. French. French, 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 um, So, blah, 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 blah. So they go to uh, – uh, somehow I trust him. Mr. French again? Is he one of the gang? Somehow I trust him, Frank replied. Maybe the robbers are forcing him to play along with them and have threatened to harm his family unless he does. And okay. I thought that, that was a quick, dark fill-in-the-blank for Frank. Yes. Like, may- and maybe what they're threatening stretch. to kill his wife yeah. and, and drown her in a bathtub. Like, you ever oh, heard of Jesus, Charles Frank. Lindbergh and his baby? <laughs> I think we got a similar situation going on here. We get it, Frank. You're adopted and you're Italian. You have violence issues. <laughs> Jesus, Frank. You think they're going to cut down. off her pinky Frank's toe first? Frank's just cutting into his arm with his stiletto. <laughs> Relax. Huh, so they, they get there and uh, it's closed. And there's a sign... Uh, that says closed indefinitely. I wonder why," said Joe. "Has and Mr. Thought, French gone out of business?" And I thought, probably. This is a town of thirty thousand with fourteen costume <laughs> shops. There was no way business was sustainable for for that much, unless the crime is just so heavy that they're able to sustain all these disguises. Yeah, there's a point where the police got to put it together. Maybe we would have less crime if we had less wig shops. You know, with 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 the awful things that happened at our Capitol last week, and they're yeah. saying, like, you know, Facebook is uh, responsible to a degree for facilitating this. I think you could say the same thing of Mr. French. If he's equipping <laughs> all these bank robbers with their masks, Yeah, uh, I mean, at, 
at what point do you say the bug you know, he's profiting? Here. He's profiting off that. Yeah, clearly. I mean, it's not even Halloween. I mean, they're only paying him in radios, but still. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's like me and my desks. So they Man see a skeleton costume. Yes, in the window. And, in which uh, I wrote, I hate this. Yeah. Especially how it's described. Only one costume was now on display. A skeleton suit, which stood up with outspread arms. Like a scarecrow! Oh, that's what outspread arms means. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine what outspread arms means until I imagined a scarecrow. Yeah. Which doesn't have arms. I think a scarecrow is just like a stick. It is. With a and shirt. sometimes it's just the head. Sometimes it doesn't have the spread out arms. Not all scarecrows are Jesus. I feel like nowadays it's just a plastic owl a lot of the time, too. Yeah. And sometimes it's just me with a shotgun. <laughs> Say, come on, ducks. Making a few dollars a day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, they go around and his name is on the bell plate. So they think he lives above the store and. Uh, so they're, they're ringing the bell, no one answers, and then uh, Jerry and Tony are there. They were running an errand. And they all decide, hey, we should go look for Chet and Biff. Remember? Our friends are missing. <laughs> so Frank and Joe whirled to face their two chums, Jerry Gilroy and Tony Preto. By the way, I think, s- I think this could also, just keeping with the trend, to see like Frank and Joe whirled around... That implies after they had a full lunch. <laughs> he was like, hey, guys, the boys sat down, ate a full lunch, and then whirled around. What is it, it fellas? Listen, the only way you can whirl, like truthfully whirl, is if you are in a sparkly suit jacket and you have feathered hair. I mean, otherwise, I don't think you're possible to whirl. I don't think the physics line up, right? It's I'm all about thinking- being aerodynamic. I'm thinking of too many cooks when that girl's just spinning and keeps morphing between the two forms, <laughs> <laughs> never to any avail. <laughs> That's just... one of the greatest videos. So Joe and uh, Frank tell them, you know, we're sleuthing around and they're laughing and they're all friendly, totally forgetting about their friends being kidnapped. So have you found out anything more about Chet and Biff? We found out plenty, Joe exploded. End of the chapter. <laughs> 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 this one is about spontaneous party. combustion, fellas. Uh, so, Chet and Biff were kidnapped by the bank robbers who mistook them for Frank and me. What? Cried so Tony and Jerry. Think. Again, uh, that hasn't been proven. That's I know, just what they which think. is insane. They're just so narcissistic. They're just like, well, they must have thought it was us. Um, so, where's the gang holding them? Could it be Hermit Island? Could be. We found out the hermit we saw is a fake. The real one's dead. Which that's not fair to say. Except, because it, it, it might be a different hermit, but he's yeah, still a hermit. I, okay? He's not a s- fake hermit. This man is not going around pretending that he is there. He is the hermit of the island. And when you're talking about an individual, you don't say this one or <laughs> that one. Like that's, Unless you put dislike in, them. Whatever they're like, oh, I have a friend who's an auto mechanic. Like, he can take a look at your car and, like, no, I don't trust that one. So, <laughs> saying I don't trust him, it becomes something different when you reduce it to a, a one. Yeah, the real one's very, dead. I did not think on that. That's very true. So, uh, they decide what? That they're going to go and. Uh, they're going to go 
to, to Hermit Island. And Tony adds, yeah, and no girls this time. Classic Tony. Part of the He-Man Woman Haters Club over here. That phony hermit carries a shotgun. And if the robbers are there, the danger is double. Right, Frank said. We better take both boats, Tony, in case of trouble. We'll be able to split up or help each other out. I don't get that. That doesn't make sense. How would two boats help each other out? I understand the split up thing. It might make for a, a diversion where one goes this way, the other goes this way, like Jackie and Chris Tucker in Rush Hour 2. I say, I go this way, you go that way. I go this way, you go that way. No. Uh, to, me, to me, they're saying, like, you know, if we're on the island and you need to run back to Bayport, you could and still leave us a boat so we wouldn't just be stranded. Ah, okay, that doesn't make sense. That, that, that's, that's how it rang to me. That checks out. Um, that however, is logic. I think it, it wasn't said quite like this because, you know, we better take both boats, Tony, in case of trouble we'll be able to split up or help each other. So we should take your boat and our slightly faster boat. <laughs> our boat that's slightly faster than yours. In which the two Hardy Boys high-fived immediately. And froze in the air. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and became scarecrows. Then birds started landing on them. It was insane. I've never seen anything <laughs> with, like with it. With their outspread arms. <laughs> then we'll meet you at your dock at 1.30. Uh, so they go home. Uh, and Aunt Gertrude appeared behind the back screen door, wringing her hands nervously. Hi, Auntie, Joe called cheerfully. Where are Mother and Dad? Your mother has gone shopping and your father's off on some more detective work. There's a giant in the living room waiting for you. Way to shout that. The man can hear you. There's yeah, a freak. All exclamation points here. <laughs> a what? He's Joe disgusting. Asked, entering the he house. looks like a Neanderthal. He's got this big protruding forehead. But it continues. Though. A what? Joe asked, entering the house. So Joe, they're in the house now, and Aunt Gertrude is still saying, A man! A great big man! <laughs> I I also think that part of Gertrude here is trying to come on to Alf, like just this oh. big strapping man. So you read it different. She's like a man. Ooh, a big, a great, a strong, great big man. Yeah, Betty wrestles Greco Roman style. <laughs> Oof, can got I some Crisco oil in the kitchen? Can I get you anything, Dolph? <laughs> I was I was just about to cook nine chickens in the oven. <laughs> I could feed you one, Gertrude. <laughs> Gertrude Hardy, the great Fenton Hardy's sister. <laughs> oh, so laughing, Frank led the way into the living room. This must be Alf Lundborg. The visitor's huge frame certainly dwarfed the Hardy's furniture. Grinning, he shook each brother's hand in his crushing grip. Which, okay, is he just like continuously growing throughout this book? Like, I has think he so. gotten bigger and bigger every time we see him? Yeah, and I would think I've known a lot of larger people. Yeah. Um, like at the hunting lodge, there's just big, <laughs> big people, men and women. And like the idea that is crushing grip, I would think that he would have learned at some point in his life to have a normal grip just because he's <laughs> larger doesn't mean he... Like, it's this notion of, like, oh, can I take a drink of your soda? <laughs> I think you could have just grabbed it. Like, you yeah. grab anything. <laughs> You're not like wrong. Everything Fair he point. touches, he crushes to powder. 
Yeah, he's like King Midas. Let me knock of, on the instead door. Instead of gold, he just turns it into uh, powder. Sawdust. Into cocaine. I'm out of jail again. <laughs> he began. <laughs> that is the got- honest to God line after his hand, you know, crushing his these boys' hands. I'm out of jail again, he told them. Sutton wouldn't say I attacked him, so they finally let me go. <laughs> I knew you didn't do it, Al, said Joe. The Steve Doran's good-natured face clouded. No, I wouldn't touch a little weasel like Sutton, he agreed. But I'd make but it makes me sore to be accused of doing it. What can Ah oh, man. What I came to tell you though is this. I know who beat him up. It was one of his own pals. I'd like to think that Gertrude is, like, really leaning over and like, oh, oh, what, what happened? Hi, Gertrude. I'm nice their to aunt. meet you, ma'am. I'm, I'm out of jail mother. again. <laughs> I'm Fenton's younger sister. <laughs> much, much, much younger. Younger. Sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So he says it's one of his pals in which Frank is just curious. Oh, my apron came untied. If there was only someone who could help tie it around me. I'm just so clumsy. Whoop. I dropped What's... my kerchief. She walks in and her hand is just big and like swollen and just filled with water. Uh... <laughs> From his crushing grip from his giant grip yeah broke the knuckles and everything like you can always tell if this man has been uh, introducing himself to like the you women around him town red-handed but everyone else will be red-handed <laughs> that's pretty good yeah Thank that you. is pretty good she looks like she's one of the hunchback detectives too because you know he gave a back massage because that's clearly what you do when you're waiting for the two youngsters to show up yeah give old just realigned her to... spine yeah <laughs> Ben Stark? No, a fellow they call Pops. I think they, the the pendulum here, as they... I, I'm excited to read the original for this one because when we had um, Felix Snatman. Oh, yeah. What a name. Which was a rewrite of Gunny Snackley. Fanny. Ganny Fanny. Snackley. Was it Ganny or Fanny? Ganny. It was Ganny, you're Ganny right. Ganny Snackley was the original. And I wonder if they were like, guys, these names are just so obscure. And now they're like, okay, uh, Pops. Pops. <laughs> It'll be Pops. And like, Come on, guys, split the difference. There is a middle ground here. You could be more <laughs> more creative with your nickname than but Pops. No, Sean, it's okay because we're going to get a great description of why he's called Pops. Right? Like it's going to all be explained. Yeah, look at all those awful acne scars he has. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is amazing. That is the the best nickname ever now. Oh, my God. I just 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 realized something that might be an option, and I hate it. Oh, wait, that that might explain. Oh, they're not that clever. You don't think so? There's I mean, no I don't way. think They're it's not clever. Sean, I bet I bet $100,000 that that is not, you know, 
the outcome See, of his nickname. it could be so dumb. So, so skipping ahead just a couple paragraphs, um, it's like, you know, this big bald guy, bigger and stronger, don't know why they call him Pops. Frank and Joe looked at each other excitedly, both immediately thought of Ben Stark's pal, who was still at large and large. <laughs> Could Pops be the fizzle soda drinker? Like, there it is, in a sentence. Could Pops be the Pops drinker? The guy who I, drinks all the Pops? I put Pop Soda Come on! <laughs> like, for real? That's what you're going with? You named him Pops because he drinks the fizzle soda, which is also called Pop? Come on! It's, uh, it's not good. No, it's terrible. Uh, I'm disgusted, Sean. I'm truthfully disgusted. This is yeah. lazy, Franklin. Yeah. This is lazy. Well, thanks for telling us, Alf. We're glad you're out of jail again. You've been in twice, both times, because of us. Yeah, because you're really bad at your hobby. Yeah. I Although, mean, you... no, the second time wasn't because of them. They just, like, Sutton got his face kicked in and said it was Dolph, so they arrested him. Yeah, that's true, I guess. And then the Hardys got him out. Yeah, that is true. I wonder if this is part of them still trying to act like they're, uh, the really, you know, shantytown residents of like, sorry, you're going to jail all the time because of us, because jail, right? Yeah, we're bad boys. We did some hard time ourselves. <laughs> we got three bologna sandwiches a day. They were pretty good. You know, not like Gertrude makes them. I don't like know where me. that's going. Like me, Dolph. Let me make you a sandwich right now. <laughs> you know, How do you my want nickname your eggs used to be bologna. Oh, have I said too much? <laughs> oh, uh, so you couldn't help it, replied their big friend. Jesus, it's like the, the monstrous version of Chet now. Yeah. And you spoke up for me both times. I appreciate that. I hope your children are masculine ones. <laughs> you so, said this on the day of your daughter's wedding. <laughs> so then, you know, Alf just books it. And, of course, the brothers have some lunch. Because that is what you do after this strange uh, sit-down talk with Alf. And then they headed to the waterfront on their motorcycles to meet Jerry and Tony and the Napoli. Yeah. Now, this is one of my favorite, like, it's just a quintessential Hardy Boys moment of, I have to imagine that this, this not this scene, but what happens in this scene was added when they were like, shouldn't this be more dramatic? Like, yeah, it should be. So they, <laughs> they get in their boats, um, and they start heading for, for Hermit Island. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read this paragraph straight up. Oh, yeah. As soon as they reached the ocean, the boys were confronted by a fast, darkening sky and choppy sea. With incredible swiftness, black clouds with chains of lightning snapping underneath them moved in from the south. Large raindrops began to pelt the boys. In another moment, the darkness closed around them like nightfall. Lightning flashed on the heavy ocean, and the rain smacked down on them almost painfully. Uh, through it all, uh, Joe kept the sluice nose pointed northward, and then a big rocky mass came into view, um, and they see a motorboat pulling away. Uh, Let's chase it, Joe cried. Some of the gang might be ab aboard and are escaping. Not now, Frank cautioned. Chet and Biff come first. And as the boys watched, the dark brown craft disappeared in the distance. And then, as suddenly as it had come up, 
the black squall passed over. <laughs> Why have a violent thunderstorm that in in less than a page, I don't in know. less than a page, is completely just resolved and irrelevant? Yeah. yeah. The only thing we got from that, there's dialogue where they talk about, uh, we didn't, or why didn't we bring slickers? Yeah. And that's it. It was, honestly, that whole thing was written just so Franklin could be like, I know what slickers are. Guys, I know the proper things you should wear on boats during a rainstorm. Are you ever going to come back to me, Sheila? <laughs> I'm sorry you got wet on our <laughs> boat ride. There was no way to anticipate this. I have purchased the slickers, Sheila. (laughs) Those are sneakers, Franklin, you idiot. (laughs) Those are not slickers. I don't even know what slickers are. I don't know if they're shoes, like some sort of uh, boat shoes, or if it's like a raincoat. It's a raincoat, I believe. Okay. Okay. So that is what a slicker is. Yeah. Nice. Um, so the boys found a small cove fringed with small scrubby oak trees, and quickly concealing their boats in the cover, they debarked and set out on the path around the island. This time no one disturbed them. The trail climbed and then dropped down to the level of the shore again. Overhead loomed the wet bluff. Suddenly, Frank stopped and pointed to a dark opening in the gray rock ahead. A cave, he said quietly. And that brings us to the boys <laughs> crept near just outside the cave's entrance. Frank lifted a warning hand. Voices, he whispered. <laughs> and that is a cliffhanger. That, unfortunately, too, we didn't know that was a cliffhanger because... I know. It was the last of the page, so I turn, and immediately I see the chapter and chapter artwork of the start of next chapter. Which doesn't seem to be full of surprises. They are full of spoilers, rather. Oh, no. I I was very lucky. It was exactly what I would expect it to be. They say cave, so the next chapter, of course, makes sense. I wonder if this is the headquarters for Fizzle Soda. Ooh. You know what? That would make me pretty happy, actually. If this whole thing was, they're like stealing the radios just because these Japanese radios are broadcasting the ingredients they use to make their new soda. So they're stealing these radios to receive, you know, a good transmission of how to create the modern fizzle soda. Or they're transmitting advertisements for fizzle soda onto these airwaves and trying to get the Japanese radio users to just have uncontrollable cravings for fizzle soda. Ooh. We just broke this thing wide open. I think we did, and it's not going to happen. It's going to be very upsetting. Yeah, it's going to be that they, they find the boys and a pile of soda, and, and Pops is there drinking his Pops, and that's why they call him Pops. Nice. Nice. It's going to be sad. It's going to be gonna a letdown. Be- it's going to be really sad. But, Sean, do you know what's not sad? What's not sad, David? Tell me. You know, I like to think that one day when Eric Clapton passes away <laughs> and, you know, he goes up to that beautiful, you know, white world in the sky and 
I can imagine him playing music for Jesus. And I think at that moment, the world will have heaven's cream when we get to chapter 17. So obviously, I'm cutting after you say that. I just need a moment personally. <laughs> I mean, the episode's over. I just need it. I just need a second, David. I can't. I need just a minute. Sorry. <laughs> you process, baby. You process. 